Hello everyone, Mark here with a teaser of what's happening over on Patreon. Every month a new bonus episode is released on Patreon for members to show my appreciation of the support they are extending to the show. These bonus episodes have allowed me to head back through the series episodes where I take topics that were covered briefly and then explore them in a little more detail. These bonus episodes haven't taken anything away from my initial vision of the series, but have allowed me to supplement it with topics in isolation. This teaser is designed to give you an idea of the topics we cover and if these bonus episodes would be of interest to yourself. The teaser for the latest release will remain on the normal feed for a month and then replace with the teaser of the next bonus episode to come out. If you are interested in supporting the series, please consider heading over to the Casting Through Ancient Greece Patreon page, where you can get access to these bonus episodes plus other benefits. Hello everyone and welcome back to another bonus episode here on Patreon and thank you for all the support that you have been giving the show. So we've now finished our deeper look at the Battle of Marathon. I hope you like the approach I took here by focusing on some of the bigger questions that still hang over this battle. The question over the whereabouts of the Persian cavalry has been one of the longest enduring ones, with many theories being put forward. I'd also decided to focus on the dispositions of both sides on the day of battle. As we see quite often, a map posted online that depicts the Persians with their backs to the sea. I felt, with not just historians now looking at what Horodus says and studying the battlefield from a military perspective, perhaps some more accurate interpretations have emerged. I also found the notion around the tactical depth of the Greek military thinking interesting, as Herodotus seems to either not be interested in this side of inquiry or unaware of military matters. It appears to me that many have taken Herodotus' account to infer the Greeks lack tactical and strategic depth. I had also found the idea of a purposeful attempt at enveloping an intriguing idea to look at. While, with any look at the events around Marathon, we couldn't go past looking at the famous account of the Marathon Runner that would give inspiration to the modern day Marathon race. Although we have finished our look at these questions around the battle, we'll now be focusing on a figure that would win fame from the Athenian victory at Marathon. This would be Miltiades, though, as we will see, he would come from a background that would give the Athenians cause for concern. Though he would come to gain fame, however, we will see if later generations would immortalise him in this way. Then, like most influential Athenian figures, he would suffer a fall from grace. So let's begin by looking at the background of Miltiades. Miltiades was born probably around 550 BC and would come from a wealthy Athenian family, part of the nobility of the city. A great deal of the family's success in society would come from successive victories in Olympic chariot racing. Miltiades was the son of Chimon, and his father would name him after his own half-brother, for convenience sakes known as Miltiades the Elder. Miltiades would end up coming of age during the period in Athens that saw the city in the hands of tyranny this being while Pistricidus was in control. So I just want to set the picture a little clearer before we get into the details of Miltiades' life. I just want to outline who was who in his family line that make an appearance in the sources as influential figures. In the early stages of Miltiades' story, we would have his uncle, Miltiades the Elder, who would end up forming his own tyranny in Thrace. We would then have Chimon, Miltiades' father, who was well known for his Olympic victories and had a reputation as being a little rough around the edges. We would then have Miltiades himself, 
who is the focus of this episode. Then to cap things off, though we won't be talking about him too much here, we would have Multiadi's son, Kaimon, named after his father. This was the Kaimon that we saw rise to power in the main series after the Greek and Persian Wars. So we are going to begin with Multiades the Elder, and just before the birth of Miltiades, as his activities would come to be part of Miltiades' life eventually. The main event of Miltiades the Elder's life that we are interested in is his coming to be tyrant of the Thracian Chersonees. This was a long way off from Athens and right on the border of the newly expanded Persian Empire. It would be our favourite storyteller, Herodotus, who would tell us how he would come to be in this ruling position. Like many stories of fate, this would start with a prophecy received from the Oracle of Delphi. Apparently, a Thracian tribe from the region had sought advice from the Oracle due to difficulties in a war they were facing with another tribe in the area. When consulting the Oracle, they were told to take home with them the first man they encountered after leaving the temple who invited them in to his friendship. This would then be the man who would be able to resolve the issues that they faced back in their lands. The Thracian delegation took this recommendation and began travelling through Greek lands, first journeying through Phocis and then Boeotia. However, no one extended any hospitality towards them of yet. The men then continued into Attica and arrived in Athens, where supposedly they would pass by Miltiades the Elder's house. He was at that time out on his porch and saw the Thracians as they came passing by. He was able to tell that they were travellers due to their foreign dress and the equipment that they carried. He would invite the men in, where he would then extend his guest host friendship towards them, offering them shelter and food. The Thracians would accept this invitation, and during the course of their stay, they would tell him about the oracle that they had received, and proceeded to plead with him that he act upon what Apollo had delivered. According to Herodotus, he would accept the pleas put forward, as he was not a fan of the rule of Pisistratus while he also consulted the Oracle of Delphi himself to ensure he was acting favourably to the request. With the Oracle validating his intentions, he would collect up those around him who were willing to take part in this venture to a distant land, and would sail with the Thracians back to the Chersonese. Here, Miltides the Elder would take control of the lands and be installed as ruler. He would set about reversing his new people's misfortunes through defensive works and attacks on their enemies. We would hear at one stage he was captured, but his release would be secured through Croesus of Lydia. Well, I hope you enjoyed that taste of what's happening over on Patreon. If you would like to support the series, please consider heading over to Patreon, where you can gain access to the full version of this episode, plus many more. Alternatively, you can head to the Casting Through Ancient Greece website and click on the Support the Series button, where you can discover many ways to extend your support to the show. Thank you everyone for listening to the series, and I hope you continue to enjoy what is to come in the future.